Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to the Vineyard as we continue on in a series we're doing called Living Invitations. And we're in a sub-series now on the armor of God. We've been talking about engaging in a spiritual battle on behalf of our neighbors uh, and, and how God has given us this armor to engage in this battle. And, and we've discussed the belt of truth so far, the breastplate of righteousness, having our feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit. And my hope has been... Uh, as we go through this, that what will come of this is that you will understand that this is something that you should be actually taking time to pray on every day. That, that the armor of God is available to us, and I think it's important that you actually pray it on as you get going through your day. And, and so those prayers, you know, look pretty simple. They, they sort of look like, uh, Lord, I want to I wanna put on r- right now the belt of truth. I want to be a person of integrity, God. I want to I want to live what I say I believe, God. And I, I want to put on the breastplate of righteousness, and, and I want it to be your righteousness, not a self-righteousness, but a righteousness that's relational and loving. Uh, Lord, like you are, I want to be ready to go with the shoes of peace and be a peacemaker in this world today, Lord. I, I'm going to take up the shield of faith that, that, that extinguishes the flaming arrows of the enemy. And, and Lord, I know that you exist, and I know that you care, and I know that you respond and Lord, the, the helmet of salvation, I'm going to put that on, knowing I'm justified and being sanctified and will be glorified. And the sword of the Spirit, the, the Word of God, the, the rhema uh, of, of the Holy Spirit. And, um, and Lord, I, I take all this armor on and I'm ready to go and uh, engage in the world today. And, and so pray something like that. It, it, something like that. It doesn't have to be just like that, but something like that. And there's something about it that's very powerful. And don't forget, get your little wristband, and it's a reminder. It's been very helpful. As I, when I put it on, I go, oh, have I done it? And if I haven't, I will pray the armor on when I put that on. Today, we're going to talk about the importance of prayer because Paul adds that to the whole armor at the very end of his uh, discussion. So that's the uh, intro. Transition, always a bad joke or two. How do you, how do you make a slow worker fast? Don't give them anything to eat for a while. That's really bad, isn't it? This one's worse. A man is a man is washing his car with his son, and the son says, Hey Dad, can't you just use a sponge? No? How do you stop a skunk smelling? Hold its nose. All right, never mind. Scripture reading here on purpose. Those were really bad. Thank you. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore... Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation 
and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. And always keep on praying for all the saints. Blessed be the Word of the Lord. Now, I think verse 18 is a critical piece of the armor. Some people might think that the armor finishes with the sword, but, but I believe Paul includes prayer as part of the armor. And, and even though it's not a visible piece of the armor, it's, uh, it's sort of like the secret weapon that we have. Uh, it's a superpower. Not that all the armor isn't, but prayer is the, the, this amazing um, thing that we have in this battle and in this life and in this journey that we're in. And verse 18 is about prayer. Ephesians 6 18, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Now, keep that verse in mind. I want to look at uh, an encounter that Jesus has with his disciples in Matthew 26 and talk about prayer with you from this encounter. Um, I'm going to read to you verses 36 through 41. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, that's John and James, along with him. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. And then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Could you men not keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak, or the flesh is weak. He, he, Jesus comes back, and um, this is uh, an excruciating time for him, and he's got his three closest friends separated from the, the nine other very close friends that he has, but the three that are with him through most of the amazing stuff that he does, Peter, John, and James, he said, listen, I need you guys to pray for me. I'm really going through it. I'm going to go over there and pray, but would you be praying with me? And um, they fall asleep. They fall asleep. He comes back and he finds them sleeping. And he says, you couldn't, you couldn't watch with me for an hour? And it's interesting, I think, that it says he actually asked Peter that question. It was directed right at Peter. And if just before they went to Gethsemane, Peter's the one that said he would, he would never forsake the Lord. He said, I'll never, ever forsake you, Lord. I'm with you forever. And, and I believe that that statement expresses Peter's heart for the Lord. He means it when he says it. Yet, here in the time of, of Jesus' great need, Peter can't even pray and hang out with him for an hour without falling asleep. Um, and, and Jesus encourages Peter and his disciples, Peter and the disciples, to watch and pray. But he also acknowledges the weakness of human flesh. And see, that's the issue for all of us. My, my deepest desire is to live with and for Jesus, to be His disciple, to, to follow Him, to serve Him. But sometimes my flesh, my selfishness, my issues get in the way of that whole process. And what we need to understand about prayer is that it, prayer should be the highest priority in our lives, in our relationship with Jesus. And yet, it often becomes one of the lowest our, our busy lives and the constant noise and distractions of our lives keep us from engaging in prayer. And, and prayer sort of becomes something that we do quickly, you know, over a meal or maybe just before we fall asleep. Remember to toss up a quick, you know, I lay me down to sleep. Um, 
And, and it seems sometimes there's just not enough time in our lives to allow for prayer. And yet the reality is that we have a very real enemy in this battle who wants to steal life from us. And as I said last week, there's two things he really wants to keep you from. The Word and prayer. If the enemy can keep you from praying and reading the Bible, he basically nullifies you in this, this life that we, we have. And, and, and see, the, the impact is that this, if he keeps you from reading the Word, you end up being consumed by the fear of the culture. And, and if he can keep you from prayer, you end up being consumed by worry. And, and worry and, and fear are really the hallmarks of our culture. And worry and fear are the opposite of prayer and faith. And so, you know, our question really becomes, will we allow ourselves to be consumed by our culture and become a people of worry and fear? Or will we remember what it means to be a child of God, a citizen of the kingdom, and choose to be people of prayer and, and, and faith and live a naturally supernatural life? And so, you know, prayer, we talk about this. Prayer really needs to fill up the time that worry has managed to take hold of in our daily lives. Often we'll tell people this, listen, let's convert some of that worry time that you're famous for. Most of you, you, you know, uh, some of you, anybody a good worrier here? Anybody take a situation and then spend the next part of the day thinking about all of the possible variables of what might happen because of a situation? Does anybody ever do that? Yes. And what do we need to do with that? Just take some of that time and because and, worry doesn't do anything, right? Worry has never, worry doesn't do you any good at all. Prayer, however, is amazingly powerful. Take some of that worry time, convert it to prayer time, and then you, 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 it'll change that. And I've already freed up. If you would just take that worry time and make it prayer time, you'll have more than enough time to pray. Because I, I know you're making time to worry. And, and that's, that's a deception. The enemy is stealing from you life. And so, so what we need to do is learn to catch ourselves, and this is really, it can become a trigger for prayer, a great trigger for prayer. We turn the enemy's trip, a trick against him. When, when worry and fear come on you, you recognize it and you quickly go to prayer. And it changes everything. And, and you know, our prayers, they just need to be simple and honest communication with our, with our Papa. And so, here's something he says, though, and it's fascinating. Jesus says, the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. So we just talked about the, the weaknesses that we face. But the Spirit is willing. Remember, we've been in this series talking about how the Spirit indwells us. The Holy Spirit it lives in us. And He wants to help us. And when Paul says, I'm finally at point number one. Sorry, it took me 11 minutes to get there. When Paul says, pray in the Spirit, not, not people misunderstand this sometimes. And what he's saying is, pray with the help of the Spirit. That's what he's saying in that thing. That's how that thing reads out. Pray with the help of the Spirit. Jude 1.20 says, But you, dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. It means to pray with the help of the Spirit. It's, it's praying in, in the power of the Spirit, under the guidance of the Spirit. We're, we're to pray of the things that the Spirit leads us to pray for. And so some people say, well, how do you do that? And that's good. But that's point number two. How? How do we do that? What does that look like? How do, we, how do we do something by the power and guidance of somebody else? And it's important that we understand this. This is a significant part of the life of the believer. Paul said in Galatians 5.16, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Philippians 3.3 3 says this, 
For it is we who are the circumcision, we who worship by the Spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh. And those verses tell us we're to live by the Spirit and we're to worship by the Spirit. So we're to yield to and cooperate with the Spirit who dwells in us in every area of our lives. I have an illustration, I think. Maybe it'll help you. So, um, like six months or a year ago now, I rented a car, and uh, it was a, it was an up, they gave me an upgrade to a nice car. And, uh, and so, and I, I drive a Kia Soul. It's a very nice, it's a fine car, fine thing, but, but it's not, it doesn't have all the bells and whistles, right? And this rental car had these bells and whistles. So, and I didn't even know how some of them worked, but it had a couple that were fascinating. Like, this car, if you, if you started to drift to the left, the seat would vibrate on the left side of the seat. First time it happened, I freaked out. What in the world is that? <laughs> so, so if you guys have, some of you have a car, and you go, yeah, it does that. It would, it would light up. Also, it, it had these, um, the mirrors, my, my car has mirrors, but these mirrors had um, these, these lights that went up, and, and if there was a car in your bind spot on either side, they, they lit up. That meant there was a car there. You can see these lights were there. And if you tried to move in either direction, the seat would do that, that thing. Fascinating to me. It was like, wow. Here, here's something that's guiding me and telling me there's something there. Now, here's the deal. I still had the steering wheel. It wasn't steering for me. Totally under my control to do either to listen to the vibration and the light or not. I could have whipped the reel over there and done whatever I wanted to do. I had, I had a hold of the steering wheel. I had all these suggestions about what I needed to do from this car who was aware of things that I wasn't, but, but I had to choose to respond or not. See, and that's what this is like. The, the Holy Spirit is constantly leading and guiding us. And, and you're, you're more aware of it than you might realize, but over time you're, you sort of learn to move past what He's trying to tell you to do instead of going, okay, that's probably the right thing to do and listen. But He's, he's leading you He's guiding you. And, and so He wants to help you in this whole, the Spirit is willing. He wants to help us in this whole idea of praying and praying appropriately. So here's some of the ways that He does that. So He's doing it, just learning to yield. So little letter A, our prayer should always be conformed to the Word. So, so that's why it's important that we, we know the Bible. 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So when you spend time in the Word, it, it will help you to shape your prayers by the Word. So it's, it's good to be able to pray according to the Scripture. That's a type of prayer that you need to know. And so when, you, when you're aware of what the, the Lord's will is in the Scripture, and then you can pray. And when you're praying in His will, you know, things really happen. And so we need to be aware of what the Word says about it so our prayers can be conformed to the Word. Um, Paul says, B, little letter B, we're to pray always. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 actually says, pray continually. Now, um, that's why it's important to establish a disciplined prayer life. And, and <clears throat> because of our culture, it's one of the things that we're often very lax in. If you travel to many places of the world and visit other Christians where where life is more difficult than this, they are usually way better at prayer than we are. When I would go into Cuba all those times I would go to Cuba, they would literally fill the church a couple hours before service and start to pray. 
and you'd walk in, and there'd be people throughout the whole place just kneeling there and praying, and they'd been praying for quite some time. But see, they were, they were praying because they, they had to. There, you know, there was, a, there was a need that we often don't understand ourselves because, you know, we feel like things are pretty well taken care of, and so we start to neglect this area of prayer, but we can't. We, we need to be aware of how important prayer is. And so um, we need to sort of establish a, a constant communion with Him, but it starts by having a sort of established prayer time. So I would encourage you, if at all possible, that you, and I've been telling you about praying on the armor, that certainly counts, um, tr- really try and start your days with a few minutes of prayer and, and just sort of opening up those communication lines. And, and you know, good morning, Lord, works. Instead of good Lord, it's morning. Less good. <laughs> Probably works, but it's less good. You, you know what I'm saying? So, so um, he's near, and, and, and we need to be in, in communication with him, and, and that it becomes a part of our daily life. That's why I think one of those things, if you can really turn that trigger of fear and worry over into a thing to pray, you'll pray a lot more throughout the day, and you begin to sense the fact that he's with you always. See, uh, all kinds of prayers. Ephesians 6, 18, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. So there's all types of prayer. Um, there's prayers of thanksgiving. I always, you always hear me telling people here to be thankful for five things every day. It's a type of prayer. I, I say, you know, if, if sometimes that's the best way to start. Your whole prayer thing is be thankful for five things. I, I, you'll see me do that all the time. Right? Be thankful for five things so you can go and encourage two people so we can get one lost child back to dead. You heard me say it if you've been here. That's a great way to start your morning prayer. It's how I try and start my morning prayer. What am I thankful for today? And there's always something to be thankful for, even in the most difficult of situations. I know sometimes life is real hard, but sometimes, you know, and, and you might have to stretch, but there's always something to be thankful for, um, always. So we get to that spot. You know, sometimes it, it might be, Lord, I'm thankful that one day soon you're coming back to get me because everything else seems really hard right now. But I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that I'm yours. And I'm, I'm thankful that you love me. And I'm thankful for a new start today. And I think when you just start by thinking things you're thankful for, that's a, a communication with God. It's a prayer of thanksgiving. There's prayers of confession that we can make where we, when we're mess, messing up. Lord, oh, wow. Lord, you, you were right. I was wrong. That's what confession really means, by the way. Confession is... Sometimes people think confession is just going, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's not confession. Confession is, is agreeing with God. It's a, it's a compound word to confess your sins. It's homo logeo, which means your word. It, in effect, means your word was right. I was wrong. I should have done it your way, not my way. Because it's, what that does then is it, it makes you not do it as rapidly the next time. You start to agree with God, and the power is in all of that. There's prayers of adoration where you just start telling Him how amazing He is. And that you love Him. You break out of anywhere. Prayers of praise. It's time to just praise Him. Sing in prayers of intercession where you start praying for other folks. Um, and so, you know, don't think that, that you want to limit your prayers only to asking for things. And they're certainly okay to ask for things. But that shouldn't be the focus always of our prayers or we're missing it. We should be alert. Little letter D. Matthew twenty six forty one. Watch and pray so you won't fall into temptation. The Spirit is willing. But the body is weak. So we need to watch and pray. We need to be aware of what's going on around us and wise to the schemes and the tricks and the traps of the enemy, who I've told you, he's trying to keep you from experiencing life. He, 
Listen, the enemy's trying to keep people blinded to the truth. That's his main deal. But once he loses and we come into the kingdom of God, then he wants you to not have the life that you can have in Jesus because you become ineffective in the kingdom, and that's what he's looking for. So we, we watch and see what he's up to. And, you know, he's, he's crafty, but he uses the same tricks a lot. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. Same three tricks. He uses them all the time. That's another sermon. Uh, we need to pray for one another. That's E. Ephesians 6.18, with this in mind, be alert. Always keep on praying for all the saints. So we should be praying for one another all the time. We're in this thing together. We need prayer, and we need to be praying. And so, so you know, in your prayer time, you should make time to pray for, you know, your friends and your families and your coworkers and your church and, and, and uh, in situations. So, so you have plenty to, to pray about. And, you know, Jesus, I've said this often, is our, is our model for life and ministry. And, and Jesus prays often. Uh, if you read through the Gospels of Luke, you, you, last believe it, you can see he's often withdrawing and going to pray. And, and how about this? You're probably most like Jesus when you're praying. There's other ways to be like him, you know, obviously loving well and encouraging folks and doing the things that he did. But, um, but, but that's one of them for sure. So, so, you know, just engage with God about what's happening in your life, telling him your hurts and your hang-ups and your fears and your concerns and your hope and your joys and, and learn to talk to Him just like you would with anybody else that you're in relationship with. That's what should be going on. Sometimes we, we don't sort of connect with that, but relationships, all good relationships take time and they, they, they take, you know, talking. And so He wants to hear what's going on with you. And just talk to Him like He's in the room because He is. And, you, you know, I, I want to encourage you to make that part of your life. He loves it when you talk to Him. He's listening. He's got the power to change things. And even better than that, he's got the power to change you. And uh, that's the biggest part of it. So I want to encourage you to really sort of, you know, endeavor to make sure you're taking time to pray every day. And, and ask the Spirit of God to help you. Just like I said, you ask him to help you read the Word, ask him to help you pray. He's willing. And, and, uh, and the Lord knows that our flesh gets weak. And so we, we push through that and we connect. And that's where we really find life. Well, that's good for today. If you're watching my video, appreciate you doing that. Love for you to come and visit when you can. If you need prayer, go to our website. There's a prayer page. Put in your prayer requests, and uh, we will certainly pray for you, and uh, we'd love to see you.